0: Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to people who want to speak more as a way to build their income and grow their business. Well, welcome everyone to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. My name is Jane Atkinson. I'm the author of The Wealthy Speaker 2.0 and the Epic Keynote. Hey, if you've been enjoying our podcasts, I just got back from the Influence 17 conference that's put on by the National Speakers Association. Uh, So many people were giving us positive. Everybody came up. Hey, I've been listening to your podcast. Yay. I was so thrilled to hear that. And I thought, you know what? I have a favor to ask. I would love it if you all who are listening on a regular basis in whatever uh, format your listening, whether it be Stitcher or iTunes, would you do me a favor? Go in, give us a rating, uh, put some comments on there, share it with your friends. Would love, love, love that. Uh, we'll be pulling comments, uh, going forward and we want to make sure that you get um, some gratitude on our podcast. So I want to make sure that we talk about those and we'll be reading them on the podcast. So the topic of today's podcast is the journey to a million. I think this is going to be part one of two. Hey, you never know. It might be even more than that. Uh, We are so lucky to have Ryan Estes. He's come off the road in his crazy busy calendar to spend some time with us today. Welcome, Ryan.
1: Hi, Jane. It's great to be here.
0: (laughs) I don't know if you're a little road weary, but you have had a crazy quarter. How are you feeling today?
1: I feel great. Uh, actually, I'm still on the road, but I'm looking at the ocean here in Santa Monica. So, uh, you know, no no complaints today. Wow. The sun, yeah. is, the sun is shining. Shorts and a t-shirt on, and you know, I'm in good shape. I so,
0: love it. I love it. And you know. That's really interesting. So you're probably sitting in there in this beautiful grand suite. You know, it's all kind of limos and first class for you now. But it didn't really start there. The journey to a million uh, started in corporate America. You actually had a day job. So give us just the briefest, like started here and now I'm here. Let's see the overview and then we're going to go back and dive into the early years just because I think so many people can relate to some of the things that you went through.
1: Yeah, real real high level. I spent 15 years working for a large enterprise advertising agency on the sales and account management side. Um, I worked my way up, up the ladder. I was running our sales organization, had responsibility for revenue in the U.S. and uh, the Great Recession hit. Uh, our business was challenged. Um, a series of decisions were made that I, I didn't think were in the best long term interests of that business. And so uh, I abruptly um, made an exit in, in January of 2009. And uh, and and started a business. And and prior to that, as part of my job, I had done a little bit of speaking um, as part of my corporate responsibility. And my background was in sales. I'd given thousands of sales presentations and then was doing speaking at industry trade shows and events, which is very different from what I do today. But I love doing it. You know, I had a little bit of traction in our industry for doing it. And and so when I when I left, um, I actually started a consulting company with a with a business partner and thought that speaking would be a part of that. And so that was the first iteration. Uh, my first kitchen table iteration as a, as an entrepreneur was a management consulting company in a in a formal partnership. It was an LLC. I had a 50 50 business partner and I was off and running. And our idea was speak. I would do a little speaking as part of our marketing initiative. It would drive clients into this consulting practice. And and ultimately, uh, I recalibrated that twice. Um, the first partner didn't work out. The second partner didn't work out. I had two years of making every conceivable mistake <laughs> and misstep that an entrepreneur or a professional speaker should make. It was amazing that I'm still standing, but and, but then. <laughs> Oh, and I, um, you know, when I made the decision to really go all in on this business and, and to claim that as my future, that I'm going to be a keynote speaker, that I am a professional speaker and that's, that's going to be my focus, uh, my business and my life changed. And so the last, you know, the, really the last five years we've been on, um, to borrow one of your words, an epic, epic journey. Um, and have built this this business and life that I, I truly love. So that's the that's the high level story. All
0: right, all right. I love it. So you actually decided to work with a coach, me, way back when you still had your job. Why right. did you even what made you even think of that?
1: So I was I was giving one of these presentations. It was a breakfast seminar that we had sponsored, and somebody in the audience came up to me afterwards and said, hey, "You're a pretty good speaker. Have you ever been to an NSA meeting? National Speakers Association." I said, "No, I." What's that? He said, "Oh, it's a place where people go and they work on their speaking skills." And I, I knew this guy. He said, "You ought to come to a meeting." I went to a meeting, and there were all these people doing this for. I didn't even really know it was like a big job. <laughs> like. I, I, I knew like, you know, OK, Tony Robbins and there were a couple yeah. other guys, but I didn't realize there was this cottage industry around speaking. And so I'm at this first meeting and someone mentions your book, The Wealthy Speaker. So I'm like, well, I'm going to get. That. So I read the book. I'm like. Wow, there's a whole thing going on, and that's when I called you. And I remember our first conversation. I said, <laughs> "Hey, I, you know, I have a corporate job, but I do a little speaking, and I have a couple of them on DVD. I'm gonna send them to you, and you tell me if I'm good enough to quit my job." And you're like, "That's not really how it works." And uh, and but I said, "You know what? Worst case scenario, I'll get bet I'll get better at speaking in my corporate job, which was I wanted to keep it going and improve. Right. Hey. And then who knows, maybe someday." If the stars aligned, uh, I'll step out and give this a try. Well, the truth is the stars never align and there's never a right, perfect, right time to chase your dream. And you know i i'm always grateful for the great recession i say it was my greatest gift because it forced me out of my comfort zone and to walk away into into building something on my own and um, yeah we we so that that was the beginning you know from from corporate career to exit strategy to every mistake and misstep to where we are today which is 80, 80 live events a year so it's pretty awesome
0: 80 live events a year at an incredibly high fee and the goal is to get the fee higher and the number lower that's our goal now is to really kind of harness in the calendar so that uh ryan is able to have some balance in your life let's just talk about that for a second how does it feel to be sitting where you are today
1: no it feels great because you know it feels like i i have a little bit of control i mean obviously um You know, I think any any entrepreneur that's starting a business and then is trying to grow it when a growth spurt happens, you know, you want to take advantage of every opportunity you can. So, you know, there was there was an 18 month stretch in there where, you know, the word no was not in my vocabulary. I mean, if you wanted a speaker on Saturday morning at (laughs) 7 a.m. in San Diego and then there was somebody that wanted one Sunday morning in Orlando, I'd get on a red eye. I, you know, I was doing everything that I could and taking every event I could. And you realize that's that's not a, sustain, you're excited, but that's not a sustainable way to live. So you go through that growing pain and then you kind of settle back into how can we optimize this in a way to make it sustainable for the next 20 years. But the great thing is when demand exceeds supply in this business, mm-hmm. that means there's an opportunity to increase your fee mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. You, you know, the market's recognizing the value behind what you do. You're getting different kinds of opportunities and your level shifting. And that, I think that, you know, seeing it that way is is powerful and important. And I, I I also think, and I truly believe this, this is the beginning. This isn't any pinnacle of achievement. I, I see now, I feel like I'm stepping into a new space right. where there's unlimited possibility in the future. And that excites me.
0: Right. And And the goal is that you'll not always be trading your time for the money, that it'll be... Uh, one-to-many situations and other other ways of uh, developing revenues that don't involve Ryan getting on a plane and going somewhere. So, okay, so back in the early days, I don't think it's uncommon for people to think that they need partners. You know, would you say that those decisions were made Because you were out here on your own. You went from a company of how many people were you working for?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, the parent company was a Fortune 500 company. I mean, you know, tens of thousands.
0: Tens of of thousands of people. And then there's Ryan by himself, solopreneur. Did you feel, um, were you nervous? Is that what made you start to kind of go, okay, I need some partners in this deal? I'm Never. looking at what most people I'm looking Never. at what most people do in their early stages they kind of feel like I need more I'm not enough by myself
1: well, I didn't feel like I was enough and nervous doesn't even begin to describe it. I was terrified. I mean, I you know, panic attacks and night sweats. I mean, yeah, you do something for 15 years. You know, you drive into a building, you're waiting for your to talk to your boss. You have all these people around you. And now I have a MacBook Pro to kitchen table in a great recession with people telling me I've lost my mind. And so sure, you're, you know, throw me a life preserver. And life preservers were partners, you know, initially it was like, he can do this, I don't know how to start a company. And those were just limiting beliefs and stories that I told myself and outside influences that I should have been ignoring. And you know, I, I had to build up some entrepreneur muscle and my skin had to get a little thicker and, you know, I had to kind of go back to the basics. And, you know, once I learned how to do that, I realized there's a, there's a pretty clear path to where I want to go. But the first, you know, the first two years, I'll say this, the first two years were painful. I mean, those mistakes could have cost me the whole thing. You know, I got lucky to honestly to survive that and you know part of this conversation is you know hey can what can we do to help people avoid some of those early pitfalls that that oftentimes take a, a small business owner or a solopreneur out of the game i mean two years is that kind of key inflection most businesses don't make it um, so yeah.
0: I see a lot of people, they go out, they try to get more training and align themselves with other people or other people's material, for instance. And <clears throat> what will often happen is you will come back to your own material. And if that's part of your journey, then that's part of your journey. But I'm often telling my clients, you are already enough. <laughs> and, okay. and one of the things I think that might've saved you early on is just knowing how good you were for. From the platform. So I call you a triple threat. Great from the stage, a great salesperson, but you also are a really, really, really solid marketer. And so you're able to move. You know, you have a lot of ideas and and not all of our listeners will have all three of those. And so our goal is to help them uh, build their confidence in those other areas and get them boned up in those areas. Their content may very well be enough. When you went out, so in those early days when
1: you were kind of
0: freaking out, uh, did going and getting on the stage really, really help you build the confidence
1: yeah, it, it did. I would say it did a couple of things. One, it reinforced that I was on the right path because you know, in spite of some mistakes and missteps, and uh, you know, overwhelm and anxiety and uncertainty, those were the those moments I knew I was doing the right thing because I love doing it. Right. So you know, and it was reinforcement. It was like, wow, what a great morning! If I could just do that more of this, if I can make this my life. Right. So that you know, it was it was the reinforcement I needed to. And say hey keep keep tracking the other thing i think in this industry i i always say this but you know the re the the marker is when that hour produces two more opportunities then you know then it can be a business and mm. and that, that for me was always the reinforcement like if one leads to three now I've got momentum. And that, that's that been the way we've thought about this the entire time.
0: So, and that's another, you know, something to put on the list to write it down is one equaling three every time I go out. And if it's not wealthy speakers, the goal is for you to go back and just look at it. Is it, that you're in front of the wrong audience is it that you have the wrong message for the right audience there's lots of different things that could be just off slightly ryan no doubt you have spoken for wrong audiences
1: before Well, i mean absolutely and you know that's a that's that's a lesson i mean uh, you know in the beginning you'll say yes to anything i mean the reality was you know give a speech i'm your guy and you know and and then you realize that, you know, that's that's not how I wanna be spending my time. Um it it because I I'm not the best person to serve that audience and that's not gonna lead me down a path I wanna go. And so get you know, getting focused, finding your your lane. I have a couple. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um,
0: We're gonna but, talk about that in a second here, don't you worry. <laughs>
1: But, uh, you, you know, yeah, now it's now it's real important, you know, is this an audience we can and we we've been on phone calls. In fact, I could tell you this. You know, we had an, we were on a call with American Express not too long ago. And I on the call said, I have two better op two better options for this keynote than me. And let me give you two names you should talk two people you should talk to. Wow. I'm not the right guy for this. And they were appreciative and grateful. And I'll, I'll go do something else for yeah. them that I am the right fit for. They'll,
0: they'll come back to you. And how much fearlessness does that take? If hmm. it was back at, you know, eight years ago, uh, fear-based Ryan absolutely would have taken that. And, and, and I just really want to put out this line that somebody gave to me, gosh, 30 years ago, decisions based in fear are typically wrong. Decisions based in fear are typically wrong, and so had you taken that event, which maybe sometime in the past might have happened, uh, it would have been because what if American Express doesn't come back to me? I'd really like to have that feather in my cap. And so uh, I love that you have, I want to circle back to Pick a Lane, but I also want to, Uh, expressed that I've told lots of people that you kind of built your business on the back of SHRM. SHRM audience, Society of Human Resource. Is it managers? Do I have that right?
1: Yep, it is. That was who
0: you – management. You had that uh, organization kind of pegged early on in your career and that's what you were doing Um, when you were still with the agency, you were doing a lot of SHRM conferences. And so let's talk about kind of moving because obviously they're not going to, a state association may not be able to afford you now, but why was SHRM such a good fit for you?
1: You know, SHRM is, it's one of the top 10 largest trade associations in the United States, right? So they have literally hundreds of conferences, so out of the gate that makes them already a great viable fit for me. They were supportive. They they knew me because I had I had we had been a part of that association in my corporate career. So I had a little traction in that community and that traction was huge because what was happening was I was able to go to a an conference and interact with 5 500 influencers from 500 different companies. And so back to that, you know, as one equaling three at SHERM, one trade association event then became three corporate clients. And that was the accelerator I needed in my business. You know, when when Sherm turned in, when delivering at the state Sherm Conference in Ohio turned into three corporate clients in Ohio, that's when it that's when this started to happen. So I I you know I was back at National Sherm this year yeah. delivering. I, I owe them an incredible incredible debt of gratitude. How did it
0: feel to go from all these state conferences to then be in the show? I mean, they put on the show, right? This is huge IMAGs, beautifully done, elegantly produced.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, their state conferences can be pretty, the bigger ones are pretty, you know, they'll have over a thousand attendees. I mean, they're, they're legit big events. And so, it's been great, you know, it's been great to continue to be part of that association and they've been real supportive of my work and so that's a relationship that I want to have continue and it's it's meaningful to me. I wouldn't have the business I have without yep. Sharon, I that Yeah. And I think
0: I think expressing gratitude is really a part of your daily plan. It's a part of something that you build into your life and I and I really think that gratitude, I mean so many successful people talk about journaling and meditating and gratitude and and we can talk about some of your daily success habits but before we go there I want to go back to the whole pick a lane idea because let me just tell you this (laughs) you and I have had this dance of okay the lane's pretty wide right now Ryan let's try to narrow it up a little bit and you have managed to become known for one thing but just on a broader scale, and I know that you can go out tomorrow and do a sales presentation, and I know that you can go out and talk about, uh, you know, performing better in the new economy. There's lots of different levels to what you do, but it all kind of tends to come back to performance, don't you think?
1: It is, yeah, it's business performance. So you kind
0: of have picked the lane, even though we haven't ever given you really a lot of that's, marks for it. <laughs> that's
1: fair. I mean I, that's it. I mean I would say I'm a business performance expert. And so I I end up in front of sales sales teams or leadership teams and I would say it's a fairly even split between okay. those two disciplines. But you know what we're what we're after is navigating change and improving performance and
0: All right. You know. So so just for the sake of our wealthy uh Well, speaker listeners when we're talking about picking a lane we're really talking about kind of that topic the umbrella and then sometimes you will also pick sub lanes which end up being your um, industries and really industries you've been across all industries and what I think you've probably come to is that now it's become like fortune 100 companies almost has it not
1: yeah, we have um, we have a, just a, a great. I'm lucky, you know. We have a great client roster: IBM, Microsoft, Disney, Motorola, Adobe. I mean, just you know, it's uh, Nationwide Insurance. I, mean, I you know, so a lot of a lot of a lot of great clients, and you know, we're fortunate in that regard. But we still do a lot of trade associations, and you know, I'll work with entrepreneurs. I mean, so it is. It's it's pretty industry agnostic.
0: All right, so. Let's talk about pitfalls, something that you've learned in this eight-year journey that uh, you could share with other people about being on the road and allowing yourself to get maybe out of balance. What are some of the things that you have done and what happened to you?
1: Sure. One lesson you can't pour from an empty cup. Right. And so, you know, this whole business, its not. I always say it's not about me. I'm just the messenger. You know, it's about the person in Milwaukee that's in the 23rd row that's struggling with something. And I'm there in the service of them. It isn't, you know, and but I also need to take care of myself in order to show up and be the best version of who I am, which every audience deserves, Mm -hmm. you know. They're spending a lot of money. This is their once a year thing. They're organized. People are traveling like I have to be the best Ryan when I walk into that room. And there are things that I have to do in order to do that. I, I have to be physically, emotionally and mentally healthy. I have to maintain quality relationships in my own life. Um, I have to have time away from the business where I'm, I'm working on myself and the business, and not in the business. And you know, those uh, those are some lessons learned the hard way. Uh, and uh, you know, you had a health but- scare. I did. I, I did. And, uh, you know, it was just a lot of things at once, um, that I, I had a long relationship and, uh, and, uh, I, you know, being gone all the time, probably didn't contribute to that being successful. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then coming toward the end of that, navigating that, which was tremendously difficult. Then I had a health scare. There was a, a doctor, uh, I had some pain in my left arm. They in an MRI, they detected a tumor in my left bicep. It didn't look good. Um, you know, a few years prior to that, I had lost my father from cancer. That was kind of the C word was kind of being thrown around. And uh, you know, and I remember that. I remember that day. I was I uh, I had to cancel a couple speeches. I had to go meet with a specialist, and I thought, wow, you know, this is. This is all coming to a head. Um, But, you know, uh, thankfully, it was just a warning sign. And I think it was just a message to say, hey, you need to check. You need to check back in with yourself. And so coming through that. And stepping back and looking at myself and doing some inner work and developing better routines and rituals. And so you talked about, you know, the practice of gratitude and meditation, you know, a better diet, a a commitment to exercise and a commitment to taking time off. You know, I there's 80 speeches, which is going to be down to around 70 this year. And I know people that will talk, you know, throw out numbers, 120, 140. That's great. Everybody's different. But I know for me, it's not going to be more than 70. Again, that's that's my threshold. And the great news is we could do 150, but we're only going to sell 70 things. So, you know, you can kind of kind of work with that. But those yeah, those were, you know, the lesson I think for people listening is, you know, you have to you have to take care of yourself to be able to take care of other people.
0: So Love it. Love it. And I'm excited that this may be the first time for anybody, any of our listeners hearing about it, but we're actually unveiling the Wealthy Speaker Daily Success Planner and Journal uh, coming up this fall. And I'm super excited and I'm building it with Ryan's input. We're going to make sure that we are able to really use this tool to not only um, – set our intention for every day, but at the end of each day to really record what's gone right, because I think that also really helps build momentum for people. You've gone to a place where you have to give up your cell phone and all your devices for how many days is it?
1: I did the first time I did it, I did it for eight days.
0: Eight days. And how painful was it for you to say, I am not going to check in with Business or life on any degree for eight whole days?
1: Yeah, the first couple of days were excruciating. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I would say in, in the first 24 to 48 hours, I had uh, low grade anxiety. I was kind of checking my pocket for the phone. Um, I was thinking about it incessantly. I felt very distracted and uncomfortable. By about the third day, um, just a wave of kind of peace and calm came over me. And by the fourth and fifth day, I didn't even think about it. When they gave it back to me on the eighth day, I, I left it off for six hours. It just, I put it in my pie and I just, and it, it really changed my relationship with technology. And so, you know, I and then just little, how that's affected my daily life, A perfect example. I went to dinner last night with a friend you know a year ago I would have had my phone on and set it on the dinner table mm-hmm. and you know kind of manage the conversation and my phone um I got to the restaurant last night and just turned the phone off. I had it on me if i need you know if i needed it mm-hmm. but if it it wasn't on vibrate it was off for four hours and i'll do I do that all the time now and Love so it.
0: Love it. And airplane, t- airplane mode is so nice. You know, they're just it just means, it, it, I find I'm pulling it out for photos and things like that. But I really think you've just got to put it away. Put it away. And especially at the dinner table, we have a new rule up the cottage, no phones at the dinner table, because we need to be checked in with each other. And uh, I think that's a great way to go.
1: But doing, I will do a, at least an annual digital detox for an extended period of time where I remove myself from all technology and kind of the outside world. I think that just, that's I call that inner work and that journey into knowing myself and elevating my self-concept and my relationship with myself, I think it has dramatically improved my ability to serve others. And I'll tell you this, a wealthy speaker... Is a healthy speaker Mm. healthier you can show up for others you know and that that's part of that discipline for me in doing that so
0: you know what I wouldn't be surprised if your definition of a wealthy speaker has evolved and shifted over eight years of what you thought it might be back at the beginning and what you now really strive for today
1: yeah i i strive for freedom fulfillment and impact those are those are the things for me that that bring me that bring me great joy so you know yeah. uh, we we leave i i leave you know a million dollars was the original definition so that became a target of mine i need to hit that will that was a you know that to me was that's a standard mm-hmm. and i want to cross that threshold and it was, you know, look, and it was a marker and I crossed it and we celebrated and, 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 it, and it was great. But that's not what drives me. Uh, that's not what drives me anymore. And I always say, like, I'm, you know, I'm moving into sabbatical now, right, where I'm going to take about six weeks off. And I said, it's the most expensive vacation of my life. We're going <laughs> to leave, leave hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table. But it's that doesn't mean anything to me. Like, I mean, it means something. Cash is fuel to grow the business. That's all it is. But it's not... It doesn't create a fulfilling life wow. and that and that fulfillment and freedom and, and those things prepare me then to step back and impact others in a more significant way. And that's that's what I live for.
0: Wow, maybe we should be calling this journey to significance because it 's really it it, it really i 've always said that wealthy is your own definition. What does it really mean to be a wealthy speaker to you? And uh, I look at my own life and I look back from where I started. I was like a waitress and a bartender, Ryan. And I look back to that and think, okay, well, this is my definition. You know, I'm doing all of the things that I want to do and uh, we're having a great time with it. Okay. Okay. This has been an amazing journey for you. Uh, one of the things that's gotten you here is becoming more fearless. It feels kind of weird to talk about fees now that we just said that money means nothing, but I want to bring it. I want to bring it up because I know that sometimes people. Can be very, very fearful when it comes to raising their fees. Supply and demand is always a great reason to raise crazy. your yep. fee. And you always had it. So there was no question in my mind. But I remember some conversations along sure. the way where I'm saying to you, Ryan, you need to be 10,000 or Ryan, you need to be 15,000. And you were like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Talk about how you built confidence. Because this last one, you just said, Yep, yeah, 20 to 25. No nobody's blinking an eye. it didn't even phase you it didn't phase anybody
1: yeah, confidence comes from experience, so having gone through those cycles a few times, you know it's all, all of these things are the, the fear, fear is it's more imagined than it is in reality. you know you imagine all these worst case scenarios and and a good way to approach that in any situation, whether it's with fees or anything else is to imagine the worst case scenario actually coming true and then identifying if that were to be the case, mm-hmm. what, how could I respond and get back to where I am today? And the reality is with a fee raise, if you push the envelope too far, and as you know, in the last round, we pushed it further than we ever have before. If we pushed it too far, what would be the, what would, and if the business started to be damaged, could we get back to where we were? And the answer is yes. You just conceivably. Yeah, we, we went a little too far. We got out ahead of the market. The situation changed. We're readjusting. We'd put out a news release and we'd move on and in a month no one would remember that. So we build these things up in our head and 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 it's not a it's not reflected in reality the reality is thousands of speakers have gone before me and raised their fee at the end of every year and the marketplace is held for them. So what would, you know, why, and I'm not, we're going to do it again. I, I mean, I'm just, it's, it's supply and demand. If I'm giving 70 at this level and I have 150 offers, there's a Delta and that's it. That It's that simple. So you kind of have to trust that, you know, the supply demand equation and the marketplace and you have to do your homework and due diligence. Mm-hmm. But and, and I'll say this about, you know, about money and fees. And it's and it's not it's not that money isn't a driver. It is because what 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 money does is it allows you to grow a business, you know, it's, it's fueled. And as you know, I've expanded my team and our marketing strategy, and I'm able to invest in projects. And so it's created a, a platform for me now to move the business in a new direction. And so that that is really important. So we're, you know, 70 events and fee integrity, we have a fee and that's the fee and we don't mess around with that. And Mm -hmm. so that's, um, there's no reason
0: to, it would be ludicrous.
1: Right. Yep. So, and my um, goal
0: for you is to get back to 50 and then maybe 40 someday. We'll see. We'll We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, okay. So great point that you brought up team. Let's talk about who is on your team and, uh Sometimes I think team might take a little bit of fearlessness as well. Let's yeah. talk talk about uh, your Lynn. Everybody wants a Lynn.
1: Yeah, well, Lynn is my business manager. she's my right hand, and aside from delivering the content, she's as good at doing anything else in this business uh, as I am. and so um, and and the thing Where did probably- you find her. Yeah, Lynn and I. Lynn and I have worked together since we were 22 and 23 years old. So Lynn and I have known each. You know, she came with me. I always say, like at the ad agency, I had my goldfish moment, my Jerry <laughs> Maguire moment. Who's coming with me? I'm. I'll, I'll, I'll be with you. And so we've we've been on this. You know, we've been on this journey together. She's my business partner, and and um. But I will say this for anybody that's listening and identifying the growth of your team or if you're Lynn's most valuable coveted skill set is that she can sell and, you know, we, we first and foremost, we are a sales organization. And we manage that with a pretty high degree of sophistication, you know, we have a target account universe, we have a pipeline, we score leads, we have, you know, a bi-weekly call to analyze our, our business strategy. What's hold, what's sold, where are we scoring it, what's coming in next, show me the dashboard. I mean, we break this down like a Fortune 500 sales organization. And that's, I mean, we are relentless so the first thing we got good at was selling speeches then we got good at giving them i, I just i want to like <laughs> uh, ironic that, and we will sit down and say if everything falls apart can we sell 50 things and that effort and hustle and, and there's not a day a day that goes by of my own life where i'm not selling and that is just we we don't take this for granted um, and if you want other people to sell for you, you better be able to sell yourself first.
0: Wow, well, I'm really excited. What you just talked about, I think we need to document uh because uh, this is also the first time people are hearing about this. You and I are doing an event together in Minneapolis in November, and it's called Accelerate Live. The wealthy speaker presents and Ryan, we're going to talk about all of those metrics that you map out and get people into the mindset. We're dealing with entrepreneurs here who might be entrepreneurs for the very first time. They may not have come out of a corporate setting like you did where they were sales driven. They may not even know all of the terms that you just used and that's okay But let's figure out how to look at these metrics and know what we need to do to shift and approve. If anybody is interested, if if they're listening to this podcast in 2017, (laughs) it's before November 17th, I think is our date, 17th and 19th, uh, get in touch with me, jane at com, and we'll give you some more information about that. Ryan, um, that's going to be a pretty epic thing to talk about, don't you think?
1: I do. I mean, we're going to we're going to provide a lot of real the information I wish I would had at the inception of my journey. I mean, the goal is to move people further and faster than the spectrum of success and, you know, avoid some of the missteps and mistakes that people that are eight, 10 years into it did. And I and this part, we're going to, you know, we're going to. We'll pull back the onion, give you the playbook, like walk you into yeah. how we yeah. negotiate. Lynn will be there. We'll give you our all of our kind of sales and marketing tactics, strategy, playbook, uh, be, because you know that's make or break in, in this business. I mean, it, it can change everything. Yes, and uh, it has for us. So.
0: I know everybody's going to be saying, how do I find a Lynn? And I do, I actually mentioned her on the podcast that I did a few before this one, which is called How to Find an Agent or Hire a Coach. So you may want to tap into that earlier podcast for some details on how to get ready and where to find them. Ryan found Lynn at his previous uh, career, which was uh, quite the blessing, I would say. Okay, well. If we were to give people one final idea to sign off this part one, and and on part two, we're going to get into the later years and what do you do before, during, and after a speech and what keeps this momentum rolling forward. So if you have one final idea for people today, what might that be?
1: Invest in you. Uh, you know, you're, you're the product, you're the asset, you're the accelerator to the growth of this business. If you're a professional speaker and you've got to invest in you and whether that's a, you know, whether that's coming to our weekend in November, because you want to accelerate your business or going to Tony Robbins next thing, or, you know, doing your own version of a digital detox You know, you've got you've got to treat this like a business and you're the product and it requires investment. And that to me, um, when I when I invest in me and I do it, I mean, I'm I'm a student as much as I am a teacher. And I think the best teachers are students. And so, um, you, you know, identifying and getting specific and precise about where you go to learn, where you go to fill up, where you invest to grow is critical to be successful. So invest in you.
0: Love it. Love it. Well, if anybody would like to know more information about Accelerate Live, drop me a line, jane at speakerlauncher.com. And if you missed the one this November, uh, we will be putting on some events again in the future for you. So with that, we will wrap up and say, see you soon, wealthy speakers. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Show. Please visit speakerlauncher.com for your free Wealthy Speaker audit and visit speakerlauncher.com forward slash podcast for show notes and many more resources to help you catapult your speaking business. See you soon, Wealthy Speakers.